La 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 la. We're recording. We're recording. And we're live. That's me recorded on audio. Um, we're gonna delete that. Um, but this is things I've forgotten with Christopherson and Matthew Hawk. And we're fucking back. Yeah. Um. I would say what we were doing and make a shit ton of excuses, but as my mom would say, don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what my mom would say, I, but she'd be like, me, huh? I don't either. The important thing is that you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm. Sorry, you're drinking muscle milk. Yeah. Um, but we don't even remember who went first last time, but I will say this. We're not going to make excuses, but we're deeply sorry. Exactly. Sorry <laughs> to our, our listeners, our fans, uh, especially the one fan that always emails us. You shall remain nameless. As but you know request. who you are. Yeah, but you know who you are. Um, yeah, thanks for, uh, bearing with us. Um. It's good to be back, good to be on it, and today's theme, we're actually... Yeah, we're trying to be more cohesive going forward, Mm -hmm. Um, and we've decided to adopt themes, and we owed our female listeners an episode, and we've decided to do an episode about feminism, and that's probably what the second part should have been about. It's the history of feminism, or the theory of feminism, you owe us a story about Emma Watson. Right, exactly. Yeah. Wow, so that's how this all that's how this all came about. I promised last time that uh, we would uh, do an episode on feminism because um, the boys were rowdy. The boys were rowdy, real rowdy when they were last here, and we did our episode with the boys. Um, but anyways, it all kind of goes back to uh, this story, um, and uh, in college. You know, we went to Brown, and uh, Emma Watson was in our year. Is that in New York? It's in Rhode Island. <laughs> I um, hate when people ask that question. Providence, Rhode Island. BT Dubs, Providence. Is that in Massachusetts? Rhode Island. It's not. Uh, Ooh, I got such a good thing. We're doing something else today. Rhode Island is its own state. Um, anyways, you know, of course, me being me. I wanted to catch a glimpse of Emma Watson and uh, maybe, you know, see if I could be her friend. Um, or more than her friend. Before, before I had decided to do this, I'd caught a glimpse of her and, like, literally twice, every time I had, like, sort of seen her from, like, across the street or she was on the phone or something. And I had just, like, I was really tired. This was freshman year um, all the time because I was just out being irresponsible. And literally every time she'd like look over at me and I'd be yawning or something, just like really unflatteringly, I don't know. I'm sure if she ever did remember me, she'd be like, oh, that guy, he's always yawning. Um, anyways, one day. She doesn't. Yeah, she, yeah but there's the, there's the kicker. She doesn't. Um, anyways, one day my buddy's like, yeah, dude, um. I'm shopping classes, and she's actually in my in my like U.S. history course or whatever. Explain what shopping is. Shopping is something that we do at an extremely liberal arts school. At yeah, at extremely liberal arts or well, liberal schools. Um, 
where for like the first couple weeks in the semester, you can kind of shop around classes and uh, decide just sit in classes. Yeah, sit in classes, pretty much audit for free different classes until you find the ones that you like or that fit with your major, whatever. Unimportant. Um, The real important part here is that my buddy's like, hey, Emma Watson's in my course. You should come just hang out, see if you'll, you'll talk to her or whatever. So there I go, totally stalking Emma Watson. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this course. Like if she's in it, I'm fucking taking the class. I don't care what it is. My buddy said it was history or some shit. I can do that in my sleep. Um, so there I am, of course, I'm sitting down there and it has to be a course. That day's lecture was on second wave feminism and second wave feminism is considered second wave because it comes after the suffrage movement. Um, this is sort of the sixties, um, equality, um, movement that happened. Um, so the whole like sexual liberation, um, and you know, empowerment of female sexuality, taking control of all that stuff. And, you know, there was the day, the lecturer that day focused on sort of uh, taking back sexuality from, uh, from like, corporate America. Um, it was all about how advertising was over-sexualized, and it always has been, and yada, yada, yada. And, like, I was there listening to all this, and, of course, like, kind of feeling the irony of the entire situation, because I, I had literally walked in there following a girl, right? Not necessarily... You know, we can all see how that's slightly, slightly ironic, or you know, just and very following a, a like corporate image of a woman because exactly. it's not yeah. like it's not like I knew Emma as or like you, Emma, right? Or yeah, or you were like, there's this hot girl on campus. Yeah, it was that's like, not in a movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. Well, by the way, she is a hell of a lot cuter in real life than she is on screen. I will say that. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> Um, hopefully he listens. Yeah, hopefully she listens. You're welcome, Emma. Um, but or hopefully she doesn't. Yeah, or hopefully she doesn't, and then doesn't like send her bodyguards after me or something. Um, but there I was, and you know the universe ended up delivering this like learning moment for me that I did not expect. Um, and it was it was super informative. I learned a lot. Um, I also somewhat like disagreed with a lot of the views that the students were sharing, um, but that's how all of this came about, and that's sort of uh, sort of where all this begins. So um, let's get into it. You want to go with your book first? It's, we're all just gonna do some, you know, yeah. I actually think you know? uh, I actually think I went second last time too. I think this is perfect because Scooby perfect. started talking junk. Oh, you did a grapes of wrath. I did. Mm. Um, right, right. Uh, Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah. All right. So, taking us back to our roots, we're going dystopian novel on this one. We're going with The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood, written in 1985. I thought it was utopian. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> it was when you read it. Oh, oh. oh. God, sorry. No. Dude, yeah. No, and it's gonna come back to that. It's, yeah, it's all. Yeah, yeah. That's why I want to emphasize. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Really. Um, that's why I want to emphasize 1985. Okay, okay. So wait, let me pull up my notes because 
Yeah. Let's do this. Oh, boy. All right. So, um, this, so what happens <laughs> is the American government, the U.S. government, is overthrown by a bunch of, like, right-wing Christians who, like, think the, uh, the U.S. is getting out of control and our social behavior and our, it's just too crazy and they kill the president. Whoa. Yeah. And then they take over Congress or they kill Congress. They, they go all out. Um, and then they impose, they're like, we're gonna, you know, we're just putting a, a hold on the Constitution. We're just like, you know, there's a slight pause we're pretty pretty much. until we restore social order, Whoa. which is bullshit. Because then they implement a new government called the Republic of Gilead, which is a theory, it's um, it's a dictatorship, Mm -hmm. and it's theocratic. It's like, which means, for those listeners that don't know what theocracy is, it's just when religion, Mm -hmm. uh, and when church and state are together in a a strong, committed relationship. And uh, religion is usually the dominant force. A mariage. A mariage of sorts, yes. And then, but it's told from a first-person perspective. Hello. And that person is Offred, which that isn't her real name. That's a name the government assigned to her. And I would love to talk about Roots right now, but we'll skip over it. Yeah, please. Um, and so it's a government assigned name. She's a handmail, handmade. And out of the book. We're tying it up. We're tying it up. Nice. Uh, and what is a handmaid, Michael? Is it someone that cleans your hands? Um, That's what I thought. No, it's not. Massages your hands? Uh, it is a title given to a woman that in this dystopian future can bear children and whose sole responsibility is to make babies. Oh. And um, So far, so good. <laughs> And, um... Again, kidding. <laughs> yeah, so she's a handmaid. Uh, she's on her third tour of duty as a handmaid. God. Yeah, fuck me, right? <laughs> but not That's literally. That's not what she said, I guarantee <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, she, she, She's probably, like, fucking killing me. Um, and so, it kind of... She, she The story sold out of order, because I love those books. Because I guess it's how I feel like things are in my head. I'm... You you would agree with this. Let's, I'm not always present. Let's just stick to the point. But you're, I'm, you're I'm saying why like going this. out of order right now. Exactly enough. Good example. Yeah. Oh, uh, but you know, I, I I can agree with that storytelling because it's like, do you not feel? Do you not have flashbacks at work? Do you not like think about the past and your actions as you simultaneously live your life? Sorry, I actually just did it right now as you were talking. I <laughs> to totally, that moment where you told me there was, yeah, I was going to exactly. Um, totally, just I was miles and miles away. Um, you were saying, "Handmaid's Tale" storytelling. So it's out of order, mm-hmm. and it's okay. important. Then because it's flashbacks, it's how she informed me how she got there, how she tells you about the society, ah, okay. what happens. Because like, sort if of. it were just in the present. Sort Less of context. A classic me. way to tell the story. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks. I was just trying to create a human connection. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she she's currently with the commander and his wife Serena. Mm-hmm. They're trying to have a kid. The fucked up part is 
there's a ritual for the handmaids and people are having sex. And the thing is, since... Oh, and by the way, the reason there's handmaids is because, like, environmentally, we're so fucking clusterfucked. Because Trump didn't sign the Paris Accords or stay with the Paris Accords. So the environmental crisis really uh, ramped up. And, uh, yeah. The toxins and the radiation from the sun and the pollution really makes it harder to reproduce and all that stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. okay. so the ritual is, on the bed, will lay the wife. On top of the wife lays the handmaid. And then they pound. The guy pounds the, uh, wow, I'm not, I'm going to take that back. The guy has intercourse. <laughs> no, no, I, I was with, with you when, when you said pounding. I'm kind of losing, losing concentration now. <laughs> Should have not made it so broy. Seriously. Yeah, they have, he has sex when, with the handmaid on top of the wife. Yeah. And then there's other things like women can't read in this society. Um, women can't have jobs unless they're can't they're drive, handmade. huh? Yeah, they're limited readers. They really can't leave the house. They kind of goes into like a 1950s. Women should stay at home, and yeah, you know, women's places in the bedroom or in the kitchen. Mm. It, it goes really. It does a lot of those stereotypes. Go down the rabbit hole with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is Alfred is trying to conceive a baby, but obviously the situation in the ritual is kind of weird. Um, so the commander, I don't know if he's trying to make her comfortable or if he's trying to, like, really make a connection with someone who isn't his wife. Um, starts, uh, forcing Alfred to go on, like, dates with him. And what they do is, like, they'll go into his study and he'll let her, and he'll let her read a fashion magazine from the 1970s. Um, he'll let her read or they'll play Scrabble and they'll play like, and she, but she's not really feeling it, you know, cause of it's kind of not. weird and it's, it's also like this kind of relationship where you're not equals and all that shit. But Serena's jealous of this relationship. So she, she like wants to sabotage it and say, Hey, and she also wants a baby cause that's what, that's the whole reason Alfred's here. So she's like, Hey, fuck the gardener and I'll tell you where your daughter is. Oh, shit. Because what happened? Flashback, motherfucker. She was trying to escape from, uh, uh she was trying to escape into Canada. And you know it's sad. Of course Canada when people, still live. <laughs> when you have to go to Canada. But, um, love you Canada, actually. Still haven't been. Need to go. Sorry. Um, so she tried to escape. She gets captured. Oh, and the reason she had to escape is because these religious crazy nuts. Uh, she was the wife of a dude that divorced his wife to be with her. Whoa. But they nullified all divorces. Mm-hmm. So she was, she became an adulteress. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And uh, so she wanted to escape to Canada to live with her family. Dirty, dirty adulteress. They get caught. She gets separated. Doesn't know what happened to her husband. She doesn't know what happened to her daughter. Gotcha. This woman tells her, you fuck my my husband's servant, Nick, and uh, I'll let you know where your daughter is. I'll give you, I'll give you that info. 411. So she starts banging Nick. And like, because they're kind of ego and social status, subservience. And like, yeah, they like each other. They, they actually enjoy having sex. Who would have thought? 
Um, and he, she also meets Ahlan, which is another um, handmaid who's like, yo, are you down with the revolution? Are you down with Mayday? Because it's going down. We're going we're gonna to topple these women-hating fuckers. And she's like, hell yeah, I'm down with the fucking revolution. This bitch is fake, huh? She's hella fake. I can already tell. What? But, okay. But then Offlin kills herself. Oh. Because she thought the cops were coming for her. Mm, I knew something was up. And then Serena finds out. Serena's the commander's wife. Finds out about the commander and Alfred's time together. I even forgot to tell you. The commander takes Alfred to a fucking brothel because he's like, yeah, this is where we meet up for the government. So kind of like classic, like, you know, right wing, I'm going to say, or like anyone who's like too adamant on their beliefs right. says one thing, does the opposite. Yeah. Clearly just also just does not know anything about women. Yeah. No. Guys, listeners, don't ever take a date. To a brothel or a strip club. Yeah. No, it's a, as much some fun as it may sound to some of you, really not necessarily a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so you can see why their relationship isn't really working out. Mm, yeah, no, um, you don't say. So what happens is, uh, where was I? Oh, so she finds about the commander and her... Him letting her read books and all this shit, or magazines, and she's kind of upset. So, um, she, and, uh, Offred knows this, she should contemplate suicide, and just as she's, like, contemplating it, the fucking cops roll up, and in this book, they're called The Eyes of God, which would kind of scare the shit out of me. Um, and, uh, it turns out Nick had turned her in. Cause, Dude. yeah, but just as she's, he's, she's getting in the car, he's like, don't worry, they're not actually the eyes of God, they're members of Mayday, and you see Yo, Offred, twists on twists on twists, you see Offred getting there, but she's unsure of her future, yeah, no shit, and then, are you ready, another twist, oh my God. turns out, you're in a fucking university classroom to professor talking about this. And he's like, yo, you know, we found these cassette tapes. Yeah, it's the 80s. <laughs> they found these cassette tapes of this Handmaid's Tale, but they can't verify the authenticity of it. And they don't even know if what you heard was real. That's like worse than it was just a dream. Um, but wait, it's going to get all literature on your ass. Oh, God. Theory has it. It's just a long-standing theme from the book. Men belittling women and putting the same place in society they have. So it's just another professor, another man, ignoring the voice of a fucking woman, which is how we got to fucking Gilead. Bada-beam, bada-boom. Ties together like a fucking boat. Boosh. Yeah. And why is this, why was 1985 important? Do you know who was president in 1985? Sorry, no. I don't. It was Ronald McDonald Reagan. Okay. That was my guess. (laughs) And who had helped bring Ronald McDonald 
Reagan to uh, he's a fucking clown. That's why I'm calling him Ronald McDonald. It's like I, I don't remember why. And a corporate puppet. They didn't cover this in the movie The Founder. Um. <laughs> no, um, the evangelical, uh, the 1980s right. is full of evangelicals. So anyways, land your plane. Yeah, so it's written in context. We have a very right government. Right. He had just gotten reelected. Right. And, um, you know, all these evangelical nut jobs are out there fucking saying you have to baptize yourself again and apologize for your sins and all this crap. And there's like this anti. This is also during uh, the Equal Rights Amendment oh, was yeah, happening, right. era, for all those that you don't know. And Shafee was fighting it. And uh, so this was actually very, like, on the point and very written in its environment, which I'm, you know, a huge proponent of. And then the whole book is just, like, saying how ugly stereotypes of women, like, like, can be implemented if someone was so imposed. And how really it is just detrimental to society because position of equality for all is a... is a beneficial for all. And, again, to quote Martin Luther King, no one's free or, like, no one's equal until everyone's equal. And no one's rights are safe when you're taking the rights of others. So, yeah. Uh, If people were into reading 1984, heavily recommend The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. She's also still alive. And still writing, so uh, check out her other shit. Uh, it's also a very short read. It's really good. Um, it's I don't think it's overly complicated in its vocabulary. It's, I think it's very accessible for those worried about that. And I would heavily recommend it, uh, especially if you like uh, dystopian novels and things like that. It's not very funny, obviously, but it's not intended to be. It has good artwork, too, on the cover. You have any comments on this one, dude? No, I can already tell I hate it. Um, not because of its theme, but just because of its delivery. Um, what do you mean? It was—it's a great book. Where you know, I want to say it was actually who's that quote talking about like positive affirmations of? Shoot, I'm totally butchering it, but it's like. So I prefer to, like, instead of going on about why anything sucks, because that's so easy to do, and everyone does it, why not just create something where, like, a woman rocks and, like, confronts things and wins? Which brings me to my book. That's why I like The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. Oh, wait. Thank you so much for taking the time to discuss my book. Uh, it had a lot of thoughts in my head, and we were able to address absolutely no one. No oh, one so you start. only asked me in order to speak more? No, I wanted to. I wanted to have, have an intelligent discussion. But go on, tell us about your positive affirmation. Thank God. Okay. Yeah, because that book is depressing. Um, Okay, one day I will find this quote. If you know it, and if it's pr- most likely not by Martin Luther King Jr., I, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you heard it? Like, something about the difference between, like... Oh, I'm sorry. It was written by someone who was probably <laughs> depressed. 
So I haven't read it. Or I only read depressing literature. Go on. Fair enough. You do. Um, so anyways. I'm only um, happy when I'm sad. I'm only happy when it, uh, it's I, raining. I think I'm going to suggest that, that you start your own podcast about just like, I don't know, we'll call it like... <laughs> We'll call it like blue balls or something, and it's all depressing stuff. Um, we just my depressing thoughts of the day. Yeah, um, I'm actually a really happy person. Keep telling yourself that. That's uh, that's good. You gotta, you know, positively affirm instead of what is it? Instead of negatively something. Um, I'm gonna just look at positive affirmation quotes. Right. Uh, that sounds familiar, though, right? No. No? Not even a little bit? Because it wasn't written by George Orwell. Mm, fair enough. Um, anyways. The Golden Compass, or as it is known, Across the Pond, The Northern Lights, written by Philip Pullman. In oh, so a man wrote your book. Hell yeah, a man wrote my book. Um, which is also one of the reasons why I like it. Not because a man wrote it, but because, like, a man wrote a story about a woman, or a young girl in this case, absolutely owning. Um, and it's not like they head-on confront, like, the whole book isn't about feminism, ostensibly. Um, it just happens to be that a, that a girl, um, who turns into a woman throughout the series, because it's, it's a, I guess it's a trilogy, um... You know, she kind of she has to she has to run around and deal with a, a man's world, right? And this girl, Lyra Balakla, kind of a little rebel growing up on her own, no parents. Um, are you? Oh, is this the quote? quote? Oh, you may have found the quote. What is it? And it's from Martin Luther King. It is okay. I got that part right. It might be. It might not be. Okay. We must not concentrate merely on the negative expulsion of war, but yes. the positive affirmation of peace. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I like to. I like to ex like use that sort of thinking beyond just war. Sort of with all things that could otherwise, you know. Oh, but wait. Get back to your story. Yeah, cool. Land the plane. It's, because it's way more positive. Um, so she grows up, Oxford, Jordan College, whatever. She's kind of this weird, like, growing up at this college place. Anyway, which gives her a lot of uh, a lot of exposure to this really, like, men's world. This boys club that is Oxford in, in this other parallel universe type of place. Um, her uncle's also an academic rebel, rich guy, like studies shit up north and crap and like is all about this stuff called dust which no one really knows what it is it's supposed to be kind of like dark matter kind of like this mysterious substance um that's you know all over but no one sees it until they invent this weird shit that you can see it with um but in this like other worlds that's very similar to ours the church is like a really powerful force as well um and they kind of see this dust stuff as the root of all sin. Like, this is where sin comes from. It's bad. They start funding all kinds of research into it. And uh, they also start doing these secret experiments on kids and stuff. Because apparently kids are kind of immune to it. Kind of nah. Um, and they're also vulnerable. Are they're, yeah, they're like vulnerable. But um, 
also should mention huge detail about this fantasy world is that everyone's souls are external and they take the form of different animals, which is awesome. Um, so as, as like, it's really representative of like kind of growing up and stuff. When you're a kid, your, your animal, your soul, uh, known as a daemon, um, can like change with your with your mood with your whatever your personality you know like people are always as kids they're like pretty mercurial right so their animals are always changing anyway the way that they they've been doing these experiments secretly um is they've been kidnapping these kids uh oh were the orphans not available uh some of them were orphans but um mostly it's just like kids from you know the lower classes being stolen um and they've been taking them up north to like way the fuck in the Arctic Circle and doing these experiments where they cut their, their daemons away. Um, and there's like a big release of this like dust energy stuff. Um, so, this doesn't really bother Lyra until one of her friends gets captured um, and kidnapped away. Um, the book also opens up with her like witnessing the master of the college trying to poison her uncle, and like she kind of just gets suddenly swept up in this whole drama. Um, she ends up traveling up north to try and find her friend, um, while her like war her her guardian woman guardian who she ends up being introduced to, and she thought was really cool, um, is really just trying to like. She's really malicious and is actually behind all the kidnappings and is the head of this research shit. Um, turns out that her uncle, who was up there on an expedition, has also been captured by, like, associates of this woman. And um, his work is, like, important, and he's also doing stuff with dust. But um, she ends up finding him. There's a lot of battles. She makes friends along the way. And of course, this entire time she's kicking butt, and she's like a twelve-year-old girl. Um, At Oxford? Yeah, she wasn't a student. She was just going oh. up there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, she's not necessarily like a genius or anything. Um, All right. Cool. She was just growing up there because her uncle was like a, an academic, and he was like he was taking care of her, kind of, sort of, right? While he was off doing his expeditions, he kind of just parked her there and was like, "Yo." Uh, master of the college, give her private lessons whenever, whatever, and yeah, y'all take care of her. Um, great parenting, bro. I know, right? Yeah, super great parenting. Um, but um, she, this girl, Lyra, she ends up making lots of friends. She has, she was given this like secretive device that the church uh, had been trying to destroy called an ophiometer. Tells the truth, right? Um, so you can see all these like really obvious uh, metaphors against like religion, uh, these like attacks against religion in this book, um, and how the author kind of ties religion and sexism into one, um, and and also just like general uh, conservatism into into this whole like religious. Uh, religious uh character throughout the book um but she ends up winning um and and she ends up like beating these guys getting her her friend 
Um, but right when she, you think the story is going to end happy, turns out her father has been doing some other kind of experiments. Ends up also separating her friends Damon from him and releasing yeah. his energy because he was like, yo, this dust shit, it's fucking interdimensional. And there are parallel universes. And if you release That's enough of this energy, you can rip the fabric of, of space-time and get to this other parallel universe. Also happens to be that you can do it through the Northern Lights and it's actually our universe that he's looking at. Whoa, mind bender. What? But anyway, that's how it ends. He, he ends up doing this, ripping this hole, and they end up going through. And then you end up to the next book. But um, the whole point being that this little girl like navigates the world on her own, basically, with the daemon, her soul. Awesome. What animal is she or her daemon? It changes? It changes, yeah. yeah. It changes to the situation. I won't give it away because it does end up settling on an animal, and I know you love the animal. No, you gotta, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell me. It's a cat, type of cat. I forget yeah. which type it's in, but it's like kind of fiercer, larger cat, slightly like I forget. I think anyway. Um, bro, wait, just a shout out to people and cats. Those fuckers with trank tigers on their Tinder photos. Fuck you. Oh yeah, dude. That's or on their Facebook, tranking tigers, lions, or any animal is not kosher for, for the, or for cool the, for the simple quote-unquote pleasure of taking a photo that's yeah yeah you're a piece of shit it's, uh, it's pretty messed up uh you need to you need to delete that photo and you need to think about the things you've done in your life and donate to an S- aspca or something yeah for a while <laughs> you sick fuck well, i'm being judgy today <laughs> really judgy um, and then i got a problem with your book too Are you ready? Since you weren't able to quote on your own book, go for it. No. You know what? Maybe we all don't have awesome demons or money or travel plans to travel around the world. Alfred is a blue-collar woman, an everyday person fighting the system. And guess what? She does it. And I like stories about everyday people because at the end of the day, when you remove our delusions... Most likely, what we all are, are just regular people trying to make it from day to day. And you know what? In 1984, in, and in the hand me you don't have to be a fancy doctor or a genius or have a demon to try and fight the system. You just have to be a human being. Boom. Way to miss the point. That's great. Um, but... The demons do sound really cool. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. Um, no, and I agree. Like, we need both stories where 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 we're downtrodden, and when. We, but I also think we need stories that are uplifting to the spirit, and I agree with that. I'm just saying we also need a lot of a lot of literature for the for the majority of time was always like the upper classes or the upper middle classes, and never about people who were right. shit. Right, 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 right. And that really doesn't come until, like, what, the 20th century. Um, I think Mark Twain might be one of the first writers yeah, to do, like, an Uncle so. Tom's yeah. Cabin, which yeah, is exactly. sad to... Right, it's kind of sad that that's the way it kind of starts, but... You know, this this exchange actually re- brings me back to the original Emma Watson story, um, because 
I uh, ended up speaking a little bit in that class um, because I had a real problem with uh, with the approach of 1960s women um, to their approach to like firing back at these ad agencies using sexuality to promote and advertise regular products, right? Um, they would like just expose themselves, get naked in order to fight images of their naked bodies being used, right? And so my problem wasn't that they were trying to take back their sexuality. It was that they lacked, they lacked the, like their intentions were good, but they didn't know their audience. If you were trying to, if you were trying to, to like reach might not this have prudish well. audience, right? This like, yeah. this sexist, misogynistic audience that were using your naked image to sell whatever, showing them your naked image was the wrong way to go about it, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But the way that I see this exchange that we just had um, playing into that is that I also believe that you need to have those people who 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 are like really into what they believe and not necessarily doing the right thing but they're really passionate about what they're doing and and some by working towards that and then being tempered by perhaps other people who are maybe a little more on the other side of of whatever subject you end up meeting at the middle and actually at the the desired um or at the most, most effective most solution, effective most optimal, solution, most optimal solution for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but maybe like their whole thing was like, we're not the image that you're portraying us to be. Was that as right? part of it? Yeah, like because um, you know it's like the whole thing, like the whole we're we're beautiful and we don't have to be retouched kind, kind right, of thing. Right, exactly. Um, and women aren't what you always. Yeah, uh, that's portrayed. obviously. Huge part of it. Not every girl looks like a Carl's Jr. Yeah, commercial. I mean, think if you think about it too, it's like what? When did we start using the female image as advertising? That's been a long, long probably time. since probably the millennia. None, right? No. Like, dude, probably in the first caves. No, exactly, yeah. millennia. <laughs> um, so yeah, now it's. I think we're really barely making progress about it in no, the but 21st century. It, it's also complicated, and I also agree with you. Like, only when we get together with people with difference yeah. and like exchange ideas, mm -hmm. can we start to really understand a the problem and yeah. be the best possible solutions. Yeah, and in a way, I mean, that's always I and no solutions can be perfect. Yeah, and not exactly. Oh my God, was it a shoot? Um, maybe maybe what we should do to help these women. Is create very sexy ad campaigns about men that make you. Yeah, Russell Brand got into this. Yeah. He's like, they're. He's like, he said something <laughs> yeah. like, "We should do a Carl's Jr. commercial, but we just." Well, no, he said he he said something that I can actually somewhat agree with. Um, there is just nothing inherently sexy about a man's body. You know, like you, if you tried to make that commercial where some guy was like spilling, you know, the Carl's Jr. juice all over his body over the hood of the car, right? Like that famous commercial, people would just be like, ugh, gross. Um, because like even women would be like, like heterosexual women would be like, what? He's just a slob. Like, what's going on? Um, 
Because there just isn't the same type of inherent also sexuality. I'm gonna, to but is that is that nurture or nature? Exactly. Is Boom. That nurture or nature? And then B also fuck Carl's Juniors and anything owned by Putzer. We don't go there. We don't endorse it. And if they try to give us money, I'd piss on the check. I'd probably take a check. <laughs> Actually, we have to pay SoundCloud. So. <laughs> okay. But I wouldn't eat it, and I wouldn't endorse it. Right. And I'd piss on the check before checking it. Ugh, Boom. Gross. And I'd go no. to your and I'd go to no. your bank to check it. I think I would uh, force you to deposit it in the ATM. But the the ink's rubbing up. Yeah, so bad. Um, um, anyways, yeah, that's a... Uh, I need to stop being such a rebellious little shit. Um, sorry. You said it. Your words. Your words. But I wanted to ask you, what would your daemon be? I have no idea. I've tried thinking about this. I think my daemon would still be changing shape right now. I don't think it'd be settled. I respect that. Yeah. That takes a lot of uh, guts to say. Yeah. I wish it would be something cool, you know, but I don't think it'd be something cool. You know, like I'd want it to be like a fucking, some type of predator, right? Who wouldn't? Yeah. But it'd probably end up being like a, I don't know, like my dog Bruno, you know, like a little miniature poodle or something. Um, probably. I always thought my spirit animal could either be a bear or a fox. Yeah. But I'd feel like it'd be a like the world's laziest bear, like a panda or a red panda, <laughs> or like what else? Like utterly human. adorable like, and not not what you, most people like. Oh, bear! Like rawr. Just be like, bro, I just want to eat bamboo. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> or like the least brazen fox ever, <laughs> or the clumsiest fox. Yeah, yeah. That's see, that's exactly. I don't. I think my daemon would be... <laughs> Smaller than the other boxes. Yeah. You know, it's got like a stub tail or something. Like a, a weird, I don't know, weird deformity. That's cute. Yeah. Makes it adorable. Um, but yeah, or listeners, please send us your spirit animals and why. I'd love yes. to, I love always spirit asking people that question. Yeah, what would your, uh, what would your spirit animal be? Also, send me your auras. I like, I like asking people what color their aura is. I think it says a lot about someone. What they think their aura is. That does say something about someone. Cause, uh, and then asking the inverse, what people think your aura is, also like provides insight onto how that person sees you. Yes. Yes. And I always love these questions. I know that. That's for sure. That I know. Tangents. Um, I also love tangents. Tangential. Um, speaking of tangents... Because that's a very SAT vocabulary-esque word. Mm. I said vocabulary-esque. <laughs> um, it's time for vocab. It's bring yeah. it back. And uh, we'll continue. We'll maybe talk about feminism some more. If we got anything wrong, obviously. Oh, we're obviously. so we're, mm, we're ignorant, but we're so willing to learn. And ignorance is the right word. It's just a lack of yeah, knowledge. Definitely. We're not dumb. We're not... Sophomoric is a good yeah. way to describe me anyway. And, and I feel like I'm always going to be ignorant. You know? Yeah. yeah. You're always learning. Uh-huh. So, if we missed anything, got anything wrong, holla back. When we've inevitably missed something, holla back. And the email is things I've forgotten, no punctuation, at gmail.com. Dope. Things I've forgotten at gmail.com. 
hit us up. Um, anyways, moving on to vocabulary. I thought my first one would be appropriate. Not a very hard one, but definitely appropriate. Hiatus. We took a hiatus. We took a hiatus. It's a break. Usually bands do this. I oh, hate when exactly, bands do hiatus. Right? Yeah. That's the way I learned the word's it, meaning as well. It's also, <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia, what do you mean they're on hiatus? Um, there's also a street in Florida called hiatus. No kidding. Huh. Um, diametrically. Our views today were diametrically. Whoa. Something. Diametrically. The opposed. Opposed. Okay. Is that like completely opposite? Yeah. Kind of a thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just an additive like, that makes it sound way smarter because metrically, dia, yeah. yeah. I, some I'm imagining terms. they're like across the circle from each other is kind of what it's referring yeah. to. Yeah. Um, A whole 360 degrees. Right. I'm joking, guys. You mean 180. Okay. I love when people say it's like he did a total 360. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. You're like, dude, he ended up right where he was before. You mean 180. God. Oh, I love it, dude. The maths. Who understands them? Of course, I had to throw in the noun feminism in there. Um, advocacy of women's rights based on the uh, the basis fact that the sexes are equal. You know, I feel like that's a weird term these days given how much we've actually learned um, about human sexuality and the whole, and, and just like the spectrum of it, how it's really not... It's not a binary. We should have talked about that. We should have talked about the, that. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. Go for it. I guess we'll do gender next episode. Shoot. That's a that's a tough one to tackle. We'll try to do gender yeah. next episode. Well, I will get so much more wrong. Yeah. And I feel like we've done horribly in this episode. Probably. I mean, were we ever going to do great? Probably not. Because <laughs> um, after all, we forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I also feel like people should, I think feminism has a lot of negative connotations. It does. But the I, word does. But I feel like people just need to stand up and say, like, yes, I'm a feminist. Only, like, if you believe this basic thing, that women and men are, like, inherently yeah. equal, at, yeah. In, uh, in... In a human sense. Yeah, that's, uh, dude, you, you said it right there. My very first semester at school, I took my Africana Studies course. One of the best courses I ever took, by the way. If you are a Brown student and you're listening, take it. Or a student um, at any college. Student at any college. Expand your fucking expand horizons. Expand your horizons. But that was my final paper. It was kind of written on this, uh, with this basic premise that, you know, even using these words to, to define, um, and, and like the power of words, right? And mm. the power that, that we give them and how, and how at the root of it all, it's a human, it's a human, you know, and like if you treat every human like a human, like they would like to be treated, you, you will do the right thing, you know, um, and that's really what it comes down to. So it kind of, if you're looking for a, for a, like the, the, the common denominator, right, and mm. the way to, to fix quote unquote the problem, treat everyone like a human being with respect. Yeah. Treat people how you want to be treated is like a basic thing we teach children, and it's like a universal truth. Yeah, I I still disagree with that heavily. I say treat people like they would like to be treated. Oh, um, but I mean like like because but like 
when you're saying when you're teaching children that one works yeah. because they don't know any better right um but yeah as an adult you should know that not everyone likes to be treated the same yeah or like you like to be treated yeah um, but i mean the bare minimum is the is bare respect, respect. that's yeah. what that's yeah. the yeah that's what you mean by that statement um, and the other thing i was going to say about feminism and other social movements that i was, I was going to bring up was during the 1960s it became really contentious because there were so many human rights movements and civil rights movements occurring at the same time, they were all kind of vying for the public attention. Yeah. And then groups were being very exclusive on, like, what is a feminism? What is, what, who's a feminist? What is it? And then gay rights was, like, very focused on gay rights. And uh, African Americans and people of color were very focused on color rights. Immigrants were focused on immigrant rights. And they kind of... They were strongest when they were all in the same protest, and as they splintered off and became more factionalized, um, sure, they lost power. Exactly. Um, and I think at the end of the day, they would have all come together under like the huge human umbrella. But then it comes like people were thinking like, and this happened with the suffragists. Like suffragists yeah. were like, we're not one hundred percent down for 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 exactly. black rights. Yeah. And, you know, some some people weren't, some minorities weren't down with gay rights or lesbian yeah. rights or transgender rights. People were drawing lines instead of saying, hey, Let's, yeah. if we're fighting for rights, it has to be for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm for everyone's rights. And right. Hashtag. Whenever the revolution starts, exactly. I'll be, I'll be okay. You know, that's also why the whole theme of, like, aliens attacking mm. and stuff like that is so powerful because... In all these, in every one of these scenarios, every one of these movies, like, or even, you know, something like Watchmen or something like that, it's the common enemy that kind of makes everyone realize, yo, we are all human. Like, let's just get over ourselves and realize that there are bigger issues out there. I was actually thinking about the opposite Twilight Zone episode, where it's just like an alien species can come and control the Earth by just making this fight between ourselves about all of our small For real, yeah. yeah. And, like, just even the specter of a threat makes you think, it, like, the commie thing, it's like, or the witch thing, it's like, you know what, I don't like Tim. Tim's a fucking commie. Just exemplified the way that you automatically gravitate towards the negative. And I, and I was more optimistic. <laughs> but I'm a pacifist, and I'm a lover by nature, and I'm a positive person great example of how i'm more violent myself but i'm also more of an optimist people are not all one you yeah. you know one thing they don't fall under one category yeah i'm gonna tell you the thought process for the rest of my words and love that tangent by the way it's a great tangent um i went on buzzfeed and i want because i wanted to do media things like i told people on episode one that i was very influenced by movies growing mm -hmm. up so I looked up words you could only learn from Disney songs. And there's a bus yeah, feed article with that, oh, if anyone wants to get it. Provincial. Mm -hmm. Hit me up with the real definition of it. Um, so, by the way, this is from Sleeping Beauty. Mm -hmm. It's when the girl, is her name Bella? I, or Belle? It's Belle. No, no, Belle's from Beauty and the Beast. 
Oh, it's from Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Okay. Not, not Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. It's from Beauty and the Beast. So many beauties. Um, no, no, let's not get into the yeah. whole Disney and feminism thing. <laughs> That's... Uh, also, like, dude, she hates her town. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Provincial is just, like, local, belonging to a particular province. Okay. Or, yeah. Gotcha. It's just very, like, small and rural kind gotcha. of easy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next word, hedge money. I think we've done it before. Have we done it before? Isn't it hem- hegemony? It's 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 hegemony, hegemony or hedge money. Hegemony. We did we did this did in we our did last episode. Before? We did this one before. It's a uh, hegemon was the joke that it sounds like. Yeah, because yeah, like a hedge, yeah, like Pokemon. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but it's still. It's like, yeah. It's relevant it. to this. It's uh, like prevailing social thought and uh, yeah, yeah social yeah. dominance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is from Atlanta. Genuflect. What, what, what? To genuflect. To genuflect? No idea. It's to bend on one's knees and usually in, in, a, to, in reverence or worship. How do you spell that? Spell it out. G-E-N-U-F-L-E-C-T. Genuflect. Genuflect. To bend the knee or touch one knee to the floor in reverence. I've never heard that before. It's apparently in Atlanta. In one of the songs. That would... That makes sense. Dude, again, they're writing this for kids. They're preparing yeah. them for the SATs. Yeah, exactly. Um, temerity. Yo, the fuck? Temerity? Yeah, right, right. Temerity? Is this to repair? Or no. To, I'm it's, thinking to remedy. Yeah, no. It's, but that's if two you words. saw it spelled out, it would be you would maybe get it a little more. Mm. It's fearless daring. Um, so, like... The, the Golden Compass. Suffragists. Or, yeah, Lyra Bilacqua and the Golden Compass. Compass. Uh, <laughs> approached, you know, all kinds of hardships with temerity. But you bring up the feminists, especially the suffragists, like, anytime, or the suffragists, or the uh, civil rights protesters, or even the first gay rights and second wave like, feminist protesters... To go against the patriarchy that hard, or the government, or the social structure. Hedge money. Yeah. That hard. Oh. Damn hard. When they're in control of the law, the cops, everything, takes tremendous courage. And temerity. And temerity. Yeah. Like, no joke. So, like, and we owe so much to those people. That's true. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. Especially, I mean, you and I realize that yeah. being, being <laughs> colored, right? Take advantage of the work done by a lot of people for the past 500 years. Yeah. Um, here in America. <laughs> it wasn't easy. It was not easy. It's still struggle. Yeah. Um, Stay strong. I actually, I'm going to go with a word for them. Uh, you know, they dealt with a lot of strife. Strife. Uh, hardship. Yeah. To that. Uh, my next one is salient. Isn't that kind of like... Equality is insanely salient. What? Equality between all people is is quite a salient thing. Why do I think... Why am I thinking about salient solutions? Salient solutions? Yeah, saline. <laughs> what? Why am I... Quite the same. Oh, I got a great joke for you. Uh, this is This is the one problem. One problem, or one of the problems of being educated by TV and not having subtitles on, or media, 
So when I was in middle school, before I took sex ed, I thought genital herpes was general herpes. Like, just, you have it in general. Gosh. (laughs) Instead of genital herpes. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Uh, But what's salient? Salient is just... (laughs) (laughs) You like that joke? You use it? Oh my god, it's a good one. It's a good one. It also reminds me of something that my younger brother did similarly, but I can't say it on the episode. Um, oh, you can tell me afterwards. Yeah. So salient is just like having having a quality that's like very unavoidable. It's obvious. It thrusts itself into your attention. Oh okay. yeah. Um, most people in The Handmaid's Tale thought a woman's place was in the domicile. In the home place, homestead. Yeah. Another interesting thing I was thinking of doing with another book was talking about the two spheres that ruled the Victorian era. Yeah, right. Historically. Yeah. That's dope. Uh, rancorous. Isn't it? Uh, to, to, like, heated and kind of argumentative. Hateful. Yeah. 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 Expectorate. No idea. This is also it Sounds from... like a Harry Potter spell, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually, it's a verb, which yeah. is going to make I, you... I mean, I could tell it was a verb, but... To eject or expel. <laughs> Expectorate. There you go. It's actually really close to expecto patron. Oh, um, wow. Usually it's um, phlegm or something. You can expectorate. You can spit. It's oh, expectorating. it's like spitting? Yeah, or it's like you can, it can be used so multiple like ways. So like the commander was trying to expectorate into what's-her-name in the hand. Wow. Yes. That is a very good, uh, okay. euphemism. Yeah. Perfidious. Dude, you went hard today. Like, I didn't know I was going to have to think. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, most, so let's see. Perfidious, salient, uh hiatus, even rancorous. Um, did I say salient already? Yeah. All those uh, were, were solidified in my mind through media. Wait, well, so you should be proud. Whether it was music. Peripherous? Is, is it something that you can seep into? It's di- like, you know, I'm thinking... Maybe in one of its what? connotations. Um, I can't believe it. It's disloyal, though. Oh, disloyal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shit, dude. Gotta really re-up on this. It's used in Archer, man. Perfidious Conway Stern. Um, Color me. No idea. This is... This is a... Mind fact of Notre Dame. A false and malicious statement designed to injure the the reputation of someone or something. Oh. What's it? Can you say... Color me. Color me? C-A-L-U-M-N-Y. Color me. Is that a noun? Is it a verb or is it an adjective? Like I think it's an adjective, but let me, Columbi, let me like figure this out. It's a noun. Sorry. Noun. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm ignorant. Right. Um, <laughs> you'll like this next one. You'll understand where this. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, this one came from media as well. Well, not really, but reminded me. Pangea. Oh, nice. It's a super con- it's a supercontinent yeah. that existed before the world. It's every continent was one, right? Yeah. 
uh, specifically during the Triassic oh. and Jurassic periods. We should also talk about what songs we were listening to at the end of this episode. Yeah, well, we will. Keep positive. Yeah. Um, so I'm done with Disney shit. Just wanted to let the listeners know. So I hope you know this one because it actually deals with your field, and it's a great movie. Indentify. In- Indemnify? Indemnify. I don't actually know what the real meaning is. Oh, so the movie's Double Indentity. Did I say it right? Double Indemnity? Indemnity. Um, And it means just to compensate someone for harm or loss. So it's insurers are in the the business of indemnification. And Double Indemnity... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. My lack of pronunciation. Uh, My next one is one of the most rancorous words of my college experience. Probably one of the ones you would love the most. Historiography. It is the collected historical works surrounding the subject. Or it's... Kind of, sort of, yeah. Oh, actually, it's the history of the history. Yeah, it's the history of the writings of history. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Which is just such a uselessly meta thing. No, it's so great because we get to see how generations were thinking about it then, a couple of years later, and how we're thinking about it now. Don't care. It is... These nuts. It is great. Most it useless. is the most pleasurable act. Anyways, onward. Oh, oh, I went with a history word. My last one. It's actually one of my favorite historical events because it's fucking crazy. And it's also a word you can use outside of history. Defenestration. To defenestrate. It's just to take windows away. It's literally. No, it's to throw someone out of a window. Oh, you def- right, or something. Right, yeah, anything out of a window. So during the Protestant Revolution, in some Can central, really defenestrate people. Myth has it this is where holy shit comes from. The Protestants and the Catholics were fighting. The Catholics, who were in control, got mad. They threw the Protestants out the window from like five or four stories. They would have died if it weren't for some holy shit. Some manure caught them, saved them, and the providence of. Of our Lord and Savior was with. Clearly. Defenestration. Holy shit. Uh, and apparently, you can use it informally now. It's like burgeoning. You know how it used to only be for plants? Mm-hmm. No, you can use defenestrate as, like, you know, when you're ousting someone. Gotcha. He defenestrated. Oh, Donald Trump def- defenestrated Comey from his cabin. Right. Or his position. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not a cabin. Or position. the commander was trying to defenestrate his semen into <laughs> the handmaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I really only understand things within a narrow scope. <laughs> what scope is that? No idea. <laughs> um, but, dude, uh, tell me what movies you've been listening to. What? One more word. Oh, fuck. Right. Sorry. Goodness. And it's really great because these words are all arcane. Yeah, that was my word, arcane. I used to know this. Isn't it kind of like obsolete, useless, like from the past? Understood only by a few because mm. they're obsolete, useless. So usually the connotation is they're from the past. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Um, okay, so I was going to ask you, what book have you been reading? Or what, what was the last book you read? What movie? He knows I don't read a lot. No. What mo- or what, what interesting... Give me an interesting article you read. Or something interesting you've read recently. Mm. 
I hope you've read something at least. Could be at work or something. No. Um, <laughs> or the New York Times. I'm going to do something from the New York Times. Then give me a movie. And then give me what song you've been listening to, which I already know. But tell me. And maybe give a shout out to Grant. Wow. Um, I can start if you want. No, no, I got this here. The book that I, because it took me so long, actually, I still haven't technically finished it, um, is The China Mirage. Uh, the China Mirage, colon, The Hidden History of the American Disaster in Asia. Um, where is it by really quick? It's by oh, James Bradley. Um, super awesome book. I think I need to read this. You would love this because it is it is a historical book. Um, is it a histori historiography though? It does get into maybe some historiography a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's some, you know, some, yeah, yeah. Um, but the point is it gets like, it gets to the root of this, of how we as Americans have come, have pretty much always had the wrong perception of Asia and Asian peoples. Like, it, it, for, for, <laughs> that got people, real. Right. Yeah. For, for the layman, you know, how it came to pass that we literally think of the Chinese as one people, right? When they're really like a ton of different cultures there, a ton of different peoples, um, all that stuff, right? And the entire of the Asian. It's even wrong to say, don't, don't you speak Chinese? Right, because there's Cantonese and Mandarin, right? At the very least. At the very least. Then there's all kinds of stuff, like Hmong, and there's Mongolian, and there's like, I don't know, all kinds of things that are being... But do you speak Chinese? Right, right, right. So it gets into that. And yeah. Basically, that's what it gets into. It goes through a whole history of, of uh, the West uh, interacting with the East from like the very start of colonialism and... Uh, opiate trading and all that shit to uh, to how that how a lot of America's earlier families uh, benefited from the opium trade and stuff like that. It's cool as hell. You would love it. Yeah. Um, but that's the latest book I read. Um, as for movies, um, I've actually been on two different shows that I think are are cool lately. One. Less recently, but uh, Bill Nye Saves the World on Netflix. Super awesome. Actually, I'm going to rewatch an episode if we're going to talk about gender. Um, he does one. It's great. Um, the entire premise is that by, by like uh, distributing this knowledge on various topics about the world and stuff, He's gonna save the world. So basically, by stopping stupidity, we save the world. Or by ending ignorance, end I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that greatness, and then American Gods, because um, that's just you know that fantastic universe stuff. Um, awesome. But there was also recently a monologue given in the latest episode, episode two, um, by the. So oh god. It obviously deals with gods, right? Quote unquote. Um, so one of the gods is uh, is like the uh, is it the anthropomorphization of of of, of the uh, of the of an African um, trickster god, the spider Anansi. He gives this he gives this crazy monologue. I'll show it to you later about uh, I should say 
he appears on a slave ship on its way to America and gives this amazing monologue, right? Um, but yeah, that show, shaping up to be a good show. Um, definitely worth a watch. So that's what I've been on in terms of visual media. Songs, uh, as you know, because <laughs> I've been listening to them by crazy, uh, been on a dram kick lately. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty happy music, so I love waking up to some dram. And that's about it. Sweet. Not yeah. very uh, feminist, though, perhaps. Well, some songs maybe, but uh, the videos, the music videos, not so much. Cool, 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 dude. Um, so I've been reading The Casual Vacancy by J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Some very good, like, class dichotomy stuff there. Mm. And I'm just like, I forgot how good she was at right? uh, creating characters and, like, getting into a character's mind and just describing, like, a character there's, as a real human There's being. a woman I would like to stalk into a lecture, you know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I would love to take a writing workshop with her. Yeah, oh my god, I'd suck, but I would love it. Oh, dude, I feel like I'd be a much better writer coming out of it, though. Oh, even dude. even if I were to suck still, it'd be a yeah. hundred times better now than I am now. So, uh, great book. We recommend it. Haven't finished it. Hopefully I'll finish it soon. Uh, today, read a great New York Times article on uh, income inequality and how it, how it persists through housing. Mm -hmm. And how uh, the, uh, the, the interest deduction, mm -hmm. the mortgage interest deduction, is like a huge boon for the upper middle class and the wealthy. Yeah. And uh, how, you know, in America, just a house means so much and... Right. How it's impacting generations and how it'll likely continue to impact generations. And I actually wrote a paper about this in college. Um, and so it's like very like just reaffirming of my own personal beliefs. And I would highly recommend it. It's very good. It talks about people's stories. It goes into the subject. It tells you how it financially impacts people long term. And how difficult it is to own a house in America without financial planning. And yeah, I could give people my financial advice. And you can give yours in a future episode. Rio. Um, what else? Uh, what was on the list? Songs. And movies. And shows. And shows, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Idiocracy, I've been watching a lot. And I've been watching a lot of, like, oldie but a goodie. Uh, 2006, 2008 movies. Um, it's about uh, uh, the birth of a dumb country and the end of Darwinism. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's sort of like a It's kind of sad. It's kind of a look in the mirror. Uh -huh. uh, oh, speaking of, Black Mirror. Holy shit. If you haven't watched the show Black Mirror, watch it. Anyways, continue. Sorry. All right. it's, it, you would love it too, by the way. Uh, I think the show I'm most into right now has to be Better Call Saul. Mm. I think it's just a great drama. And the characters, again, are people you're like truly interested in. You know they're best. You know, what I love about a, an author or a storyteller is how you can sympathize with someone who you know is bad or mm -hmm. isn't the best person mm -hmm. just because you're being told a story from their point of view. Right. Um, so I, I would heavily recommend that. Would recommend Idiocracy. I watched Accepted yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> love that. I watched the end. Um, kind of motivated me for today. Um, and then I've been listening to the usual Grimes, obviously, because I can never give her up. I re-listened to uh, Visions. And have been really stuck in the second half. And then I rediscovered the distillers. Not rediscovered, but 
you know, went into my old playlist Hell on yeah. the Distillers, uh, led by female lead singer Brody Dale, who's still a badass. And actually, I found out this weekend she made a solo album. That's right. And uh, it's excellent. And she deals with like maternity and issues of raising a family, and but still wanting to be punk. And she said a real quote that I really loved, um, which was like, she she doesn't play music because she wants to be rich or because she's particularly good at it. She does it because she loves it. And I was like, what a badass. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so shout out to to Claire, to Grimes. Oh, and I got my Grimes license plate. Um, yeah. <laughs> so shout out to Grimes. Shout out to Brody Dale. Shout out to all the strong women out there. Oh, um, I was gonna say. Oh, especially it's gonna be Mother's Day. This is yeah, perfectly yeah, fucking that's time. That's why it was perfectly time. I was gonna bring it back to that. So, like, I know you and I both. Uh, we've had a lot of strong female influence in our lives. Like, I can without a doubt say that all of the m- inspiring characters in my life have been like my mom, my grandma, my grandmothers. Um, you know, certain female friends of mine that are like either just like their personalities or their successes in life have been like crushing that glass ceiling. Um, yeah, they've, it, to be very real, um, continually inspired by, by the women in my life for, for real. Yeah. For sure. For um, sure. My mother, I'm realizing more and more as I talk about her that like she, she beautifully manipulated me into being a great yeah. human being. And, like, my mom understands me in ways... Her like work's almost, not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> in ways most people won't understand. Uh, our friends' mothers have had a huge impact. I think all of... I spent significant time with all of our friends' mothers from college. And they've all impacted my life in some way. Yeah. I have amazing sisters um, that taught me so much about how to be a good person. How to be emotionally, like empathetic and sympathetic um and how just to be a gentleman and not an asshole and i really and how that side to my happiness is, is really uh, chill and also the most ambitious people i knew in my life growing yeah, up yeah exactly we're always women yeah uh and i don't know if that's a latin thing or whatever or, or other people feel that way but yeah i love my mom bro mm. i'm gonna get her fitbit yeah <laughs> Mom, I love you. Moms. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Love your mom too, bro. Yeah. Um, Me too. You know. So, yeah. And, dude, my grandmother. What right. can I say about my grandmother? My grandmothers. Dude, 107 and 98. Damn. Yeah. Immortal. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Been a... Uh... Good, good to journey. be back. Been a journey. We went on quite a journey this episode. Um, we'll be back. We're gonna make this consistent again. No more hiatus, hiatuses or hiatus. I, I'll look into that one. I, again, <laughs> or email us. Forgot, or email us. What is the plural of hiatus? At thingsiforgotten.com at gmail.com. Please, I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we love you. All right. Bye. Happy Mother's Day.